Hello and welcome to Gaming the Podcast. In this episode, we're talking about who we are when we play video games. Are we playing as a version of ourselves? Are we playing as we understand the character on screen to exist in their world? Or are we playing as some combination of both of those things or as something else entirely? My name is John Robertson and I'll be joined shortly by Stace Harmon. Together we are Indie by Design. We are video game consultants and authors of books that celebrate game design, culture and history. To get us started, here's a clip of the ending of The Last of Us 1. I'm still waiting for my turn. Ellie. Her name was Riley and she was the first to die. And then it was Tess. And then Sam. None of that is on you. You don't understand. I struggled for a long time with surviving. And you... No matter what... You keep finding something to fight for. Now, I know that's not what you want to hear right now. Swear to me. Swear to me that everything that you've said about the Fireflies is true. I swear. Okay, so let's start then, just jump into the big the big main question, uh, which is, so when you play games, are you, or do you think that you're playing as the character, or are you playing as what you yourself would think or would like to think that you do in that mm. situation? Well, so I, I, I think I play a bunch of different roles, quite defined roles in in different types of games i would say in answer to that question that i think probably the last thing that i'm looking to do is to play as myself so i feel i think if i'm playing as myself if i'm making decisions as me as stace Harmon, then i think the game is is either not set up to kind of for me to fulfill any sort of role whatsoever which is quite difficult even in abstract games um or it just hasn't succeeded in giving me a role that I feel that I can inhabit. So I think probably, and there's, I'm sure there's going to be exceptions to this, but I, I feel that my first, my gut feeling is that if I'm playing as myself, the game has failed to do what I want the game to do, which is kind of transport me somewhere and give me a role to step into and give me something else to do. So, um, so yeah, I would say rarely am I making those decisions as myself. Some of me will creep in there, like if, you know, moral decisions on certain things, perhaps. But again, really, I'm looking to inhabit a role. And hopefully if there are things like moral decisions to make, then there's a character that should be making those decisions in the world. There's a, there's a, like you know the character i am can have an impact and therefore i sh- i'm hoping that i should be be able to put myself in their shoes so yeah i would say when i play games i am rarely playing them as me you know embody as, as me in that world i'm trying to embody some form of role or character is yeah that's probably my my banner banner statement for this episode is is that and then there's a bunch of like nuanced stuff about the different roles that I play in different games but yeah that's where I'm at but so how does that fit how does that sit with with your approach to um so yeah I I rarely I similarly I would I would rarely play games as though I am I am embodying myself in the game 
Mm. Like this applies to games with choices. So there, I mean, there are games where I definitely do that, like Valheim, for example. I am definitely, I'm just me, but there are no, there's no character in that. So mm. there's, there's, there's nothing to, there's no characterization or narrative or actions that are applied to the character from any, anything other than me. So you kind of have to, but, um, so yeah, I, I, I tend not to make decisions as me. And, and when I was thinking about this, I was thinking that it's kind of similar to, uh, like if you're going to play someone in a different world from you then why would you just play as yourself like it's it's mm-hmm. the same as like if i go traveling somewhere i don't just like do what i would do at home like mm-hmm. it would like it would it would like you know you take the chance to not be someone else but like open yourself up to things that you just wouldn't normally do or things that you wouldn't normally gravitate towards um but then by mm. the same token i also i don't think try to try to be the character either mm-hmm. so i don't go into games where you can have where there are pre-written characters or pre-written characters um within which you can make decisions for so like mass effect which um cyberpunk whatever um I don't go into those games thinking this is the character I'm going to play. This is, this is their personality. This is exactly who they are. I mean, obviously you, sometimes you need to make choices on those before you start playing, which mm-hmm. I don't like actually. I think I've probably decided I don't necessarily like that. Um, and I think what I don't like about that is that it kind of shuts down what is potentially good about a video game character as it stands as a, as a different medium to books and movies, like in books and movies, you're observing a pre-written character and they're going through a very specific set of choices and they're doing a very specific set of things that you can't influence. And I think if you try to go into, say, Mass Effect and you're like, I'm going to be the good one, I'm going to be a bad one, I'm going to be, I'm going to take one of this and then one of that every time, whatever, mm. or like mm. I'm going to base it on this specific part of the history of this character and I'm going to use that to determine all the actions. I think... That in a way shuts down what's good about video or what can be good about these sorts of games, which is that by opening yourself up to kind of not being so rigid in how you answer difficult decisions in games, you see like a more holistic, bigger picture of who that character is. And you see the character as more than just a sum of their actions. You see them as... um the 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 potential of everything that that character could possibly be so then that makes a game mm. markedly different to a book or a movie because you're seeing um the entire yeah the entire complex potential of that character rather than just my Geralt is always like this or my Kamonashev is mm. always like this or my whoever is always like this and it's that that doesn't leave room for for you to appreciate and empathize and feel compassion for um you know everything that that person could possibly be as written because i would argue that these characters are still the same kind of characters depending on it doesn't like they're still the same internal person like no matter what decisions you make all the decisions are is just 
a result of that personality you know mm-hmm. like, like both mm-hmm. both both options or all three options or however many options you've got still work for that character for that personality um it's just which one do you want to explore in this moment and i think like that's probably a a, a grander and more interesting way to see it for me it's it's about what are you doing in this instance of their life but it doesn't i don't like to think about it as though my Geralt only did this and the mm. other thing was never and never even an option because my Geralt would never do that. Like, I don't, I don't think yeah. that's the best way to explore and understand that character. Yeah, I think there's more fun to be had. So, yeah, I understand that. I think I agree with a lot of that. And, I, th- you know, the thing that springs to mind for me with that kind of... Uh, with that kind of thinking and that kind of setup and approach to your character is somebody like Fane in Divinity Original Sin 2 that was that was some of the most fun I've had playing a character where it felt a bit and it, this is going to sound a bit like grandiose or a bit like you know like those authors that say that the characters write themselves and whatever but it that's it was approaching that it was a I wonder what Fane's going to do today and what would he do in this situation? And there was a constant kind of checking in with not who I thought that character is and what I, th- you know, the, 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 his past, but I've kind of, I've taken all of that. I've compressed it into this one character. I haven't thought conc- about concrete elements of his personality, but in this situation, what do I think he would do? Well, I would think Fane would do X. I would think he's fed up with this person talking and he's just going to walk away or he's going to, worse than that, he's going to, you know, touch that thing he's been told not to touch or whatever. And it was it was in that way, unsurprisingly, with something like Divinity. That is the same way I approach something like D&D because it's like, well, just what's the most interesting thing here? What's the what's the most interesting story? What's the, not not what's the optimal path, not what is going to get me the treasure in the treasure chest, but what's the most like interesting and I guess it needs to be, I need to believe it. I need to believe that that he's doing a thing or that I'm acting in a way that he would act, um, not just, well... The mo- the funniest thing to do here is just to go against what everybody else is trying to do, or to be deliberately controversial. So there needs to be some element of believability in what I'm doing, but it is it is still a moment to moment checking in with with what is he going to do here, and those are those yeah. are the more interesting roles. But I do I want some of that, like I want an idea of who that person is. So yeah, like Geralt, you mentioned, I want an idea of who that person is, so that I can use that to inform one way or another like the decisions that are being made and not just a blank cipher. Um, yeah. I where think, it's not as interesting to me when I've got that. Yeah. I, I think that's difficult as well. Like being, being able to answer the question, like what would Fane do? What would Geralt do? What would D and D character do is difficult because, uh, well, it's difficult depending on what your goal is at, at the end. So like, like what your goal is in, in, in embodying that character, because mm. if the goal is to have this person feel like a real person that would exist in real life, mm. then say to use D and D as an example to say, like, if you go through and you're someone who like puts out, uh, you've got like a big backstory and you've done your traits and your strengths and your weaknesses and your flaws and your whatever. Um, and then say, okay, here's a certain situation. There's something to steal on the table let's go to my strengths and weaknesses oh they're a thief so they're going to steal it um but that that's if your goal is to have a real character 
well, then that doesn't feel real if you steal it every time. Because people in real life are inconsistent. They'll do things mm. that surprise you. They'll, they'll undermine something that they said an hour ago or two weeks ago, a year ago. Um, so I think by, by having strict regulation on, like, this is who my character is at the start, and then constantly referring to that, then your character just becomes a cliche. Like they become very quickly a stereotype mm. of those strengths and weaknesses. They don't feel like a real character because real people are not predictable like that. Yeah. So well, then, yeah, they become a set of rigid beliefs rather than a yeah, rather than a person. They become like a flowchart, don't they? Yeah. Like, well, and then, put, and input then, goes in here, goes down this predefined path, comes out here. That's yeah. Not, and then in that sense, the choice offered by a video game, do you do A or B? Well, then the choice might as well not exist because you know mm. what they're going to do. The answer is like the game might as well, the programming or the, the design of the game, the mechanics of the game might as well just go and read what you're and then just do it. Like, because yeah. that's what you're going to do anyway. Yeah. And that, I think that's, so that's, yeah. And that's where I think this notion of any given choice in that, in a situation is different representations of something that that character would do that 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 side of it that you were talking to earlier that's what i agree with that and that thing i think i've used this example on the podcast before but that that moment in uh witcher 2 where you have to pick one side or the other and then it turns out there is a third choice you just don't pick either you are chastised for being neutral because that has consequences all three of those all three of those options in that situation are things that would make sense for me playing as Geralt. It would so yeah, all three of these fit. None of these are ludicrous. There isn't a like, oh actually, you know, betray everybody and go and kill every innocent person in the village. Like that's not a um unless Geralt's having a really bad day. I mean, even that I can probably make a case for in like a Michael Douglas falling down kind of way. Like he's just snapped. He's had enough of monster hunting. Mm. He's going to go and kill everybody. But I, yeah, in that instance, I wouldn't. So the, but I guess I'm still looking for the game to them give me something to buy into, give me something to believe. And it's the times when I'm not given that. And it doesn't need to be as character centric as that either. Um, but in places where I don't really feel like, I guess, I mean, I, it would be my interpretation of of not particularly strong storytelling or writing if I feel like, well, there is no choice. This is ridiculous. I understand that's my subjective um, reaction to what's going on. But if I feel like there's really nothing here for me to work with, as I really cannot make a case. And I don't mean sit down, you know, for five minutes and deliberate over it, but just in the moment, like, no, that just feels completely off. Mm. So therefore, there is only one choice to me here. Um, somebody else might look at that completely differently, of course. And that's, you know, why you would hope. That's why you would hope the choices exist, because they will cater to different people at different times. But yeah, if I feel in that moment, well, there really is no choice here, then I don't know. I'm just less... I'm just less engaged, I, I think, because I, I feel like in some way the game has failed to to allow me or to give me even an excuse to explore the different options. So, yeah, so then that then that manifests in different ways for different types of games and, and with different characters. I've become like a, maybe they're like they're subconscious. Like with Geralt, it might be like their, their id, ego and super ego is kind of mm. the role that I'm playing there. Um, but with something like The Last of Us, it will be like a, 
I don't know. I suppose at its most at its at its most cliched, it would be like a protector of Ellie. You know, it'd be that obvious like sort of father figure role. But it's more like a, I guess like a like a like a friend. Like it's because I feel bad for Ellie. I don't. I was exploring this a bit about like, do I feel the things that the characters feel, or do I feel something adjacent to that? And in the case of Ellie, in say Last of Us Part Two, I don't feel Ellie's anger at what's happened i feel bad for her and as that game progresses and she starts going down this path i feel bad in the way that i might feel bad for somebody that i care about that i don't want you to make those choices i don't want you to do that thing and it's made more powerful here hopefully you know you hope it's made more powerful because you are complicit in doing that because you can't the story doesn't progress there is no i'm just going to leave her here i'm not going to beat this woman to death to get the information that i need as ellie i'm just going to leave it there on that screen and Ellie will walk away. Well, she never will. So you're complicit in that. Um, and that can be done really in a really heavy handed way that just is like, it, you can disassociate. You can kind of end up not caring either because you're doing it uh, because you just don't believe what's happening. You can do it if it's done, if it's done really well, I think you can end up disassociating from an, um, an emotional, um, like, protecting yourself kind of way it's like well i have to disengage from this i have to in order for me to not care about what's going on here i have to just disengage from it because i i can't do both so and of course as i've mentioned before that you know the last of us is a, a franchise that has a very is very important to me and so there's, there's that has a bigger impact than you know i can play uncharted and really feel nothing for any of the characters it's not that it's that type of game that I can always buy into. It's that it's that specific franchise. Um, so yeah, but then in something like Catherine, that's another game I was thinking about. I was like, well, who am I in Catherine? What role am I playing? Cause I'm not Vincent, but I'm like, I'm one of Vincent's friends that is kind of living vicariously through him, but wants the best for him, but also kind of wants him to get into a bit of trouble. Cause it's just fun to hear about. It's like that friend down the pub who tells you, you're just like, no, you didn't, you didn't do that. That's ridiculous. Tell me more. What an idiot you were for doing that, but I want to hear all about your story. So yeah, there's definitely different roles that I play in different types of games and different specific games. But again, like in none of them, am I, am I, me am i making those decisions as me and if i am i've probably failed my immediate reaction to like harvest or save the little sisters was that well there's really no well no my immediate reaction was was save them i don't like what of course of course i'm not going to harvest them in exploring that a little bit further it's it's that my understanding of my reaction to that is that i was never given any reason for me personally to make any other choice like it's it doesn't make any yeah. sense to me to do that. And having and that for me is quite a binary thing, because having done it once, my immediate reaction being save once, it's like, why is my, you know, maybe I'll learn other things about it. Maybe I learn that, you know, they are these creatures and actually maybe I'd be putting them out of their misery and yada, yada. But really for me, it was having made that decision once, then there wasn't really a decision to revisit after that. There wasn't a choice to revisit after that. It was just always then save, unless I go back through it deliberately trying to to harvest to get more adam but the game kind of wasn't really set up for me in such a way that you needed to do that even even from like a resource standpoint it wasn't like oh well if you don't resource the little sisters because that you know if that was your only source of adam say um then it's like you in order to experience this part of the game you have to do that but that wasn't the case so it was like well there's not really much of a choice for me to make here 
Yeah, see, I wouldn't describe, to go back to The Last of Us thing, I wouldn't describe myself in a game like that as being complicit in anything that that game Mm. narratively highlights because the game's narrative structure is much closer to a film or a book where Mm -hmm. it will end. It will, things will do happen in the same way, no matter what you choose. Mm. So you're being complicit in it or not, it, it kind of tells you that you're not complicit in it because it's going to do the same thing is going to happen no matter what you do. Mm. That's how I kind of see that. And, and I also don't feel, I don't feel empathy for the characters mm-hmm. really because, and let me clarify that because um, well, I, I feel compassion for them, but not empathy. And I, but I'm someone who believes that the world should be focused more on having compassion for people and there should be mm-hmm. less focus on trying to empathize with them because I tend to also believe that we're prisoners of our own experience. So unless you have experienced what they're experiencing, I think empathy is probably impossible. And I think what people mean by empathy is, you know, to put it sort of colloquially, they'll be like putting yourself in their shoes. Well, that's not empathy. That's putting you in their position. Mm. Empathy is having their mind and their thoughts and understanding what they would do and why they've done it, not what you would do in their their shoes. That's not empathy. Mm. So therefore... You should have more compassion that even though you can't empathize for them, uh, with them, that doesn't matter. Like you should be able to feel compassion for them and understand that their situation is difficult. You can try as hard as you want to understand it, but at the end of the day, you can't in the way that they do, but that doesn't matter. You should have compassion for them anyway. Mm. So it doesn't matter to me. The game's no weaker if I can't empathize with them, because how could I possibly empathize with someone who's going through a zombie apocalypse or whatever? Like <laughs> I can't, uh, I can't true. I can have compassion for it, but I can't, mm. I can't empathize. Um, with yeah. Them. So the, yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. No, I understand that. That makes a lot of sense. I think the, the, uh, yeah. So the connection of the human experience, be it depending on which way you want to look at that or, or try to, access that whether you yeah whether you're empathizing truly or whether you are whether you're meaning oh if that happened to me i'd really feel bad or whether you're meaning i feel bad for you as the as the character yeah it's it's the the human connection is what you're after or what you're seeking in that specific instance which is i suppose why if you don't and this is why i get that you know for a lot of people if you don't have that in the same way as me with uncharted i understand that uncharted is a well-made example of what it is but i i don't i'm not particularly interested in it it's not a franchise that i've ever really responded to and i'm picking uncharted obviously because it's you know naughty dog's other big thing mm. um whereas yeah the last of us i have but that is again a very subjective thing because it is tapping into something even in the most obvious way um i mean i started playing well i played the last of us when i was early 30s 2013 it came out mm. um two years later i had my first child a couple of years after that i had my second child whose name is ellie i mean it, and that wasn't you know it's, it's, it sounds very you know my wife rolls her eyes at that because it's like yes we've got a child named after a video game character mm. it isn't that it's a it's a i quite like that name and there's a either the positive association with it because of x because of the last of us not like oh i'm literally like trying to make her this video game character that would be uh ridiculous on my part so yeah there's a lot of stuff there anyway that i'm like predetermined or pre not predetermined but i am 
I am open to the notion of connecting with this character or these characters um, in a way that I'm not in other games. So, yeah. And so, and for me, the complicit thing comes from the, I feel bad for you. I don't, you know, there's a fight at the end of The Last of Us and it works for me because I can also relate to or have compassion for or empathize with Abby as well which was a bone of contention in that game. Lots of people hated Abby. But I think what some people hated about that was that you were being put in the shoes of this person who had done this terrible thing and you thought that you had strong opinions about her and you didn't want to be that person. There was obviously other game design reasons why people didn't like it. But anyway, so, and that for me just made the game work even more. However, we're not here to talk purely about The Last of Us. So, but that's one of the many sort of roles that I take where I feel something for a character. I feel bad about their situation. Um, yeah. And that doesn't need a big sort of cinematic style story for that to happen. Returnal is the same sort of thing. You know, there's this not, it's not a coincidence that the games that I really am excited by and, and passionate about, uh, I have a, 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 an emotional connection to It's not just like, Oh yeah, that's a really good game. I really enjoy playing Returnal. It's shooting mechanics are, are really cool and amazing. I have some like, you know, when I'm sat there at night, we talked about this, you know, joked about this like philosophizing kind of uh, mm. mindset in sitting down and playing a game late at night with the lights off. But that's I'm responding in some way to that. I'm thinking about that person. I'm I'm feeling bad for them or or yeah, like feeling something about their situation, which isn't about me and and how would I feel in that situation or about oh that really sucks um, for that to happen. It's like it it takes me somewhere else and puts me in, I suppose I liken it probably in the moment right now to doing something like watching horror films or watching any sort of film that part of the reason that you're watching it is because of the way you want it to make you feel. You're not watching it necessarily as a intellectual pursuit. You're watching it as an emotional pursuit. You're watching it because you, you want yeah. to feel nervous or excited or whatever. And that's that's kind of, yeah, part of what I'm looking for. And then I sort of fall into this. I feel quite organically kind of fall into a role and I, not one that I've predefined that I've, I'm going into it thinking, oh, this is how I'm going to feel about this character. But one in which I react to what's going on and find I kind of explore it as it's happening. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I tend to... Um, I think the best characters and the characters that I've felt closest to in games tend to be the ones that are just written for you. You don't you don't tend to make choices mm. for them, or if you do, they're very minor. Um, I'm thinking like Shadow of the Colossus and Final Fantasy VII and Chrono Trigger and Bioshock and stuff like that. Um, and what's imp- What's interesting about those isn't necessarily like I will be this person and feel like them and or have impart my thought upon them and that that's mm. who they are. It's like considering um, just the realities of their decisions and what they've gone through and feeling that compassion for them, being like, oh yeah, like this is, um, you know, the interesting thing about there is talking with other people, thinking to with by yourself about why they did those things mm. and that must have been hard or that must have been whatever emotion they must have been angry there or fearful or and then interesting thing like oh why did they do that almost like a psychological approach rather than mm. of like understanding them as a person rather than understanding that person as me 
Mm. Um, but then, uh, I mean, to, to take it somewhere else, I think the decisions in some... The, I can think... So Supermassive's games, or games in which mm-hmm. are kind of like choose-your-own-path sort of games, um, whatever they're called now. <laughs> like narrative <laughs> adventures, I don't know what they're called now. Um <laughs> So this is the They're Until really Dawns and the, the, uh, the Dark Until Pictures Dawns Anthology and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. the upcoming Quarry, the, yeah, these yeah. games, yeah. Um, and like David Cage's games are similar as well mm-hmm. um, to those. Um, so they're interesting in that I'm not playing as myself in those. I'm not saying, oh, I would run and hide this way or I would uh, not hide at all. I just try to run away or whatever. Mm. Um, but I'm also not necessarily playing as the character either, which is, you know, which is consistent with what I said before. I'm not thinking, oh, this person would do this in this situation hmm. based on the 20 minutes I've known them. Um, <laughs> um, I think but, and, and the stereotypical way that they've been presented probably because they're there to fulfill an archetype in it most likely in that, in that kind of. Yeah. Role. Although in a roundabout way, I think I probably am playing their stereotype but not through the character centric pers- um perspective mm. through like a, like a director of a film perspective mm-hmm. so you're kind of making choices as though like um you know I'm, like those games are kind of like filmic they're you know they're they're mimicking sort of like um genre horror films mm. um so you so i'm kind of making decisions in there based on like kind of like what the best film would mm. be so and because i like those kind of films often that is to play hard into the stereotypical what would happen in that instance or like what yeah. would be the best version yeah. of this stereotype that i could come yeah. up with um so it's kind so of like that- a third perspective you're playing like the role of like puppet master of not just that character, but of the entire scene yeah. or of the You're entire like a movie. Curator rather, or, or as you said already, a director. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, that, sometimes that in that, like, like making a decision on purpose, that means like succeeding at a skill test because that's, that builds up the tension. Then you've leapt that barrier and you jumped over the obstacle and you ducked under that. Do you go well, so often far as failing, to fail at, on purpose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Towards the end of that, yeah, so yeah. Got like, that like when they just need to get to the door, and then oh no, they failed. Yeah, fail on purpose or um, semi-fail on purpose, like succeed, but in mm. in the like in, a, with only close. just yeah. getting the success. Yeah. Like yeah. so, they'll be like. Um, and it'll often be based on like what's preceded it. So it'll be, uh, so there'll be a situation where I've done five or six challenges in a row, nailed them, got it first time, um, you know, destroyed mm. the quick time event in mm. as perfectly as, as possible. And then that starts to feel a bit like, well, this isn't right because now the killer or whatever the threat is just seems a bit pathetic. And it's mm-hmm. like, there's no drama here. There's no tension. Mm. So you want to um fail in order to so that like the your charges you know, the the good guys the people trying to survive or whatever the situation is um are actually put under some stress or some tension and mm. it feels like the threat is real now you could say that that's a failure of the game design that even if you succeed all the time it should be that should be happening anyway but then as a game it's hard for a developer to say, well, constant success equals failure um, because that's, yeah. that's what they're so in a way you need to kind of 
stop trying to play the game as best as your ability yeah. allows you to play yeah. to do. You need to kind of take a step back from that and say, I'm not trying to dominate this game with my ability. I'm just trying to make the best, um, not even the best narrative, but just like the best moments mm. like um, for each individual scene. And then yeah. also contextualizing totally that with yeah. the, whole, the whole story. So I think that's, that's a different, that yeah. doesn't, that's a different way to play other games in which you have choices. Um, yeah. And choices I think I w- to make. Yeah. And I can see doing that and I can definitely see, and this is where I think the having some form of character pre-written or at least presented you in, to you in a certain way works best because I would play off of that. So I can see in that situation doing something like, that character that's been shown as being, you know, the jock or the super capable, super smart, very well, mm. smart necessarily, but confident, very athletic, whatever. He is the one, he is she, but he is the one most typically who I would then take the opportunity to have when it, you know, under, when under pressure, just completely fluffs it and, mm. and trips over his own shoelaces versus the other one probably either the goofy guy or the clumsy girl, you know, it'd be that kind of typical setup. Mm. I would have them then excel in every test they do because it's like, oh, when and under pressure, they, that's when they step up. And yeah, it's, it's filling that role. As you were talking then, I was thinking I'd like to see that. We've talked about this before in sports games where it's like, here's the scenario. You've got three minutes left. You're one nil down, whatever it is in a football game, whatever it might be. Um, I'd like to see that in a game like that, like Supermassive do that thing where it's like you are in storytelling mode or whatever. This is the scene you're trying to create. Like you're going to play a 20 minute sequence or whatever, 25 minute, 30 minute sequence. And to get the best shot here, you or the best cut. You need to have one person die accidentally and you need to have these two people end up together in the same room like some sort of i suppose some sort of puzzle element that takes that notion of making deliberately suboptimal choices for your characters be a positive thing and perhaps actively work against this thing that you're talking about where it's like well you're playing a game so the 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 predefined behavior in a game is to win but if yeah, well, it's even that, that language of suboptimal yeah, uh, well, yeah, suboptimal. Yeah, for what? And it, yeah, and then like the good. And when we talk about good and bad endings, it's like, well, what does what does that mean? We understand what that means collectively, but it's yeah, it's set up in such a way that that means well, things didn't. It wasn't the happy ending. Things didn't work out, you know, wonderfully. But it's like, well, but given the context in a certain situation, like Legacy of Kane that we talked about last week, mm. but it's nonsensical to me that Kane would choose the good happy ending where everything's wonderful and he sacrifices himself because he's just spent the game being pretty much an out and out villain and just wanting revenge. Well, so- and also he lives in a world that likely doesn't, even though it's hard to ever think about it in any other way, but he lives in a world that likely doesn't have our moral code and ethical code. So he wouldn't have been brought up like that. Yeah. And this is hard so when people bad, come yeah. to, yeah. yeah, this is like, you know, if you ever read about like um, foreign, like uh, international, like geopolitics, like this is all. I think it was Henry Kissinger that said, like, you know, it's it's hard to, it's hard to talk to other nations. I think he was he was referring to China at the time. It's hard to talk to other nations. It's it's easy for nations to confuse each other's messaging because they're hearing something from 
mm. a completely different culture and a completely different way of thinking, a completely different origin language, which you know determines so much about how, how we think about ourselves and the world. So it's so easy when you hear someone else that have been brought up in a completely different way to you, and then you interpret it as you've been brought up, but that's not what they mean. Mm. So mm-hmm. why would yeah why would in the sorry in the legacy of Cain uh, in the Sol Riva example why would Raziel think why would you pres- why would you presume that he would think in the mm. way that you're thinking about it when his world how would he possibly have a worldview that you share when your worlds are so different yeah 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 and there's another there was uh, a uh, Harlan Ellison short story and I think it's uh, something about I think big. Sam was my friend, I think he's called, or is my friend, which deals with exactly that. The going right tour, it's a science fiction thing, touring all these different planets. It's a circus troupe, effectively, I think, or a performance troupe. And they go to a planet, and part of that planet's welcoming custom, and they're like really amazed with this performance troupe, is that they have uh, a sacrifice. And that offends the sensibilities of some of the people in that troupe. And it's how they deal with that. Some of them are like, well, this is not our planet. This is, they do things like this here. Some of them are more vocal. Somebody tries to actually save this person. And the person being sacrificed, the point of all of this is that the person being sacrificed is like disgusted that they've been, somebody's tried to save them because it's like, no, this is, this is my role. This is what I'm here for. And it's, they've, you know, that it's challenging that perception of how we view something as, oh, and we're being the hero and, you know, this well, isn't yeah. right. We're doing we're something. We don't know. We've yeah, got no yeah. idea, you know? Yeah. Well, we're, we're determining from our perspective. Again, that's a lack of, this is why, again, I think there's examples of why compassion is better, is, well, not better, it's, it's more useful than mm. empathy because trying to empathize with this person who are coming at it mm. from a completely different, that's never going to work. Like you're always going to be confused by it and left distraught or angry or so, because you'll say, well, I'm empathizing with you and or I'm trying to, but what you're doing is completely the opposite of what mm. my empathy mm. says that you should be doing. It's like, yeah, but that's not right. Yeah. Is it? Um, you're that's, that's like an egocentric position. I would argue and that you're telling them that they're wrong because you understand yeah. them so much and it's like well yeah. come on like um but i think again i think it's what um, parents are for yeah yeah and i mean we're nearly uh i mean we're nearly out of time but i think again to go in a slightly different tangent again i was just thinking about like what some of the most powerful individual decisions like individual moments of say moral choice or difficult decision that you have to make uh, that games ask you to make and i think the no russia level in call of duty <laughs> Mm-hmm. is one of the most well presented and difficult decisions to make in a video game for a number of reasons like the weight of history on that franchise and the fact that call of duty never really asks you to make any decisions mm-hmm. um well okay you can shoot and not shoot but again like you said if you uh, with in in last of us like if you decide not to shoot then you're probably yeah. gonna die you're not and gonna, then, yeah. <laughs> Um, then you can't continue and play the game. But in No Russian, you don't have to shoot. Um, but it doesn't tell you, like it doesn't say like you can make a choice here, mm. um, which I think is really powerful. Um, it's powerful that it doesn't tell you that you can make a choice. And I think um, a lot of people will just shoot and kill and whatever, because that's what you've been trained to do in Call of Duty. Like you're literally, it's just like you've it's been conditioned that like yeah. moving target equals attack. Like, yeah. you know, like a, um, you know, it's the same reason why a cat will attack a piece of string if you like, mm-hmm. because it's instincts mm-hmm. tell it that that's what it has to do. So you're, 
kind of been conditioned and trained in Call of Duty to just shoot everything because that's how you win, that's how you survive, that's how so you interact with that game. There's not really many other options. Um, so the fact that you don't have to, and then the game will still progress, um, is a really interesting, not necessarily mm. on a narrative level, but on like a mechanical level. Um, okay, there's yeah. there's there's the ethics yeah. of do you shoot innocent people? I think in Call of Duty, it's probably not the arena to really explore that in any depth but i think just on a gameplay like an interactive entertainment level um the fact that you've been trained and now suddenly here's an instance in which you don't have to shoot them but they don't tell you but is it's yeah. interesting like do you shoot anyway because that's your training like that's yeah. what your mind has been nurtured to do yeah yeah i think it opens up explorations of i think it that can open up explorations of other situations where you might think to yourself because you're presented with something that you don't think is a choice and you can then think actually yeah i wonder if that means i've had choices before that i didn't even recognize were choices that's like one of the most powerful instances particularly in that franchise of that happening because it is so yeah it's so against the grain the context everything about it tells you that that's what you're meant to do you're effectively being given permission even to do that and it's like well that's just what i need to do that's you know there's a plan and that's what i'm going to fulfill and then if you do realize that you don't have to, it can be because you're realizing that you're realize you're examining that not just through your character's eyes, but through your own interaction with this thing that you're doing. And that's that's a very potentially a very powerful uh, interaction. Yeah. And I mm. suppose the equivalent for me would be if you did, you know, if there is a scene in The Last of Us where instead of beating Nora to death with an iron pipe, you give it long enough, Ellie realizes you know, looks at what she's become and decides, actually, do you know what? This isn't for me. I'm going to throw down this pipe and go home to dinner. You know, it's like go home and secret just ending to see unlocked. out the apocalypse at home. <laughs> yeah, on a farmhouse. <laughs> Quite idyllic. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that, yes. And there, so there's lots of, there's lots of instances there where we've talked about, like, through a character's eyes, how we approach something. And different, it feels like a a gradient or like a sliding scale of, there being a lot of character at one end where you might just make decisions based on what you know about that character. And then as it goes down the scale, there's kind of, there's more room to interpret and to, to reason it. And for example, you know, getting uh, Ellie gets Joel's gun in part two. And I decided that she wasn't going to use that gun except to kill people that had directly been responsible for killing Joel. And so there's like the more I can... yeah, the more I can insert myself into it, but still believe what I'm doing based on that character. The the uh, verisimilitude of the situation is very important to me. Um, as a final thing, where do you stand on something like, so like Elden Ring mm. that we've both played a lot of? Where, how do you approach that? How do you approach that where there's a character background but that's primarily to do with their stats more really than anything else. But w- where do you like draw the line between, do you view that as a person who has a history or that has a, any sort of um, personality or um, what is it just, are you just defined by your actions in Elden Ring? I mean, you certainly you are primarily, but is there any kind of character sort of influence in that? I don't necessarily think so at the start. No. Um, I think this gets to another thing, actually. I don't like necessarily that much to try to pre- 
to try to say I'm going to be this kind of character when I start when I when I've had about five seconds of experience mm. with the world like well how, mm. how would I possibly be able to build a character that would be realistic within the world where I would have no experience of the world but over time yes the character does come to exist so I mean you know so in Elden Ring like I won't kill any NPCs like not on purpose anyway like not like quest givers or anything like I don't I don't want to do that and I won't um i'll try to help people um back in the hub world a pub area like as much as i can so that i have like vague approaches to to that but i think not that wanting to help people back in the hub world isn't necessarily because i want to be a good person Mm. it's because like i want the stuff but then i think that yeah yeah, but i think oh yeah well like the most rewards from them or something but that not so not necessarily because i want the rewards it's because the world in Elden Ring is a harsh, horrible place. So wanting to get as much out of it as you can selfishly works completely. That's how everyone else is in that world, pretty much. Mm. So mm. like, I, I have, I've got no real like goal or ambition to be like, well, I will be the one pure one in this world and I wish I will be morally superior to others. It's like, well, that's... Being a character that is kind of atypical in those worlds isn't necessarily as interesting to me, I suppose, as being a character that is typical of the world. Because through mm-hmm. a character that is more typical of the world, I think you can understand the world more rather than standing like some sort of angelic figure above it, above it, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah. Well, and so as a final thing for me, the reason I ask that is because I think for a long time I approached it in a very similar way. It's like, well, of course I'm not going to kill any NPCs. And then it's just until that wasn't until recently when I think I've kind of locked into the kind of the ending that I want. I don't know what it entails, but the, the path that I want to go down. And then I met an NPC who starts espousing the virtues of this other chaotic path Two NPCs. Actually one is the, the dung eater who just wants Mm. to basically set fire to the world and, curse it forever and and every generation hereafter wants to be cursed and i was like nope this doesn't i don't like the sound of this and he's just kind of sat there and you don't you know he's not gonna his goals aren't gonna progress unless you help him progress them but i killed him anyway and then there was this other guy who i think you met because i think it's i think it's yura the uh the bounty hunter guy Mm, but mm. something had happened to him and i don't know that it was yura anymore i think it was it was um shabiri i think has taken yura's body or taking his form or something using this character that you've interacted with and kind of trust potentially to then try and send you on this path to chaos um and he was saying that you don't need to use your maiden in order to help burn the the earth tree you can do that yourself but doing that puts you on this path and he was just like yeah let chaos reign um Mm. i didn't like that because it like went against my own maiden's desire to fulfill her role as this thing in this like ritual so i was like well that's your choice so i then killed him and those are two instances where i've taken kind of a character approach i haven't looked it up and gone oh if i kill this guy i'll get a really cool you know weapon or if i don't then i'll get something out the end of it and it i was sort of surprised by that because i didn't expect to play Elden ring like that and i you know there's it's only two examples in what is closing in on nearly 200 hours of play but it was it was interesting to me that i didn't i i played with no real information about my character from the beginning i had kind of formed an idea of who my character was through just interacting with the world and so that was sort of a new Mm. felt like a new kind of a new form of 
character development for me in this in this kind of game so yeah and yeah as i say nearly 200 hours now which i'm oh and i finally beat melania <laughs> which people that have fought her will know uh know what that means so yeah so that's well that's yeah that's me on so i'm never myself if i can help it <laughs> basically when it comes to video games i should make clear yeah um and i look for reasons to not be and i find that those tend to be the most interesting stories for me yeah uh, i think it's difficult for me uh, it's to have like a consistent answer to the original question of like, do you play as yourself or do you play as a character? I think it's because games are so different and they take so many different forms. It's difficult to have like, this is the answer, right? Because sometimes mm. in this game, I'll do this and this game, it'll be like that. So it's constantly it's uh, trying to create a bigger picture out of the infl- uh, a single answer out of the individual responses to individual games it's just you know it's going to be rife mm-hmm. with conflict and because it's, it's always gonna it's always gonna um or it's never going to be clean i suppose yeah yeah you also play a lot more multiplayer games than i do where you know there's an objective focus thing there where you are i guess using your skills if not you know whether you're choosing to shoot somebody or not is obviously not what's up for debate but <laughs> yeah you, i will now play a pacifist in Hunt yeah. showdown. So like I've been forced here against my will, and I won't shoot anyone. I just take death. It's like, well, good luck enjoying the game. It'd be an experience, perhaps a thing you could uh, be paid to write about somewhere. But yeah. um yeah, well, it's 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 an interesting conversation. I mean, hopefully, the it's it sparked kind of the. I think the initial question of like, who are you when you play a game, or or I thought of it in like Billie Eilish terms of like when we all play video games, where do we go? Like it's a, I hope, hopefully that's sparked a, a thought or a conversation in other people as to, uh, to sit down and examine it. Cause it can be, yeah, it's an interesting path to go down. And, and for me realizing that I play different roles in different games, but that they do coalesce somewhat. Mm. Um, yeah, it was an interesting, uh, interesting thought experiment. Thanks for listening. Now, please do remember to subscribe if you haven't already. We are available via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and literally anywhere else you might think to get podcasts. And if you've got time, if you could leave us a five-star review, that would be absolutely fantastic. A reminder that a video version of Gaming the Podcast is available via YouTube. Just visit the Indie by Design YouTube channel to check that out. And if you'd like to stay up to date with future podcasts, books, any special offers we're running on the books, then please do visit IndieByDesign.net and follow us on Twitter. We are at IndieByDesign. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again next time.